0: Namaste everyone and welcome to the Jai Bhakti Yoga podcast where we share information on all things yoga, Ayurveda, and well-being lifestyle. I am excited to share these resources, insights, interviews, and so much more as we grow together on this wonderful journey of well-being. I am your host Christina Andrini founder of Jai Bhakti Yoga Foundation and JBYU School of Yoga and Ayurveda. I'd like to invite you to subscribe to our blog on Tumblr as well as to follow us on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook and all the fun social media channels where we share some of the tips and insights and resources from our podcast and vice versa on here. Now, let's go ahead and begin with today's episode. Everybody, hello and welcome. And today, we are still focusing on our series of mental health and wellness and well-being. And we are going to be focusing on a modern application to holistic wellness through Ayurveda, and consciousness-based education and what does that mean is how do we relate what we are learning on a daily basis through the koshas through the layers of our life through the experiences through the kleshas which are the, the spaces of our life that happen to be where we face aversion denial um, maybe we face some um, aggression. And so how are we working with these experiences within ourself and then being able to overcome them? And as we do this, we are coming into the space of what is known as opening to grace, opening to grace. And in this particular podcast that we have the Uh, opportunity to watch live as well on Instagram at Jai Bhakti Yoga, we have the opportunity to really tune in and refine ourselves in a way that we didn't know we had to. Opening to consciousness is the essence of being and being with a capital B. And it's both as the experiencer in the relative expressed consciousness and the being with, within the universal level of life at or because <laughs> I have this written for us um I wrote this out a little while ago and I wanted to share it with you all because it's really powerful and really uh, something that we can be really learning about during this month and not even this month but every day and so what I believe to be absolute pure consciousness is being one in the eternal and the internal self. As Illy puts it, you have the external, you have the internal, and you have the eternal. And what we're focusing on is balancing these three, which are similar to the doshas, vata, pitta, and kapha, as well as putting them together in harmonious balance through living a sattvic life. And through a sattvic life being, what is sattva? Sattva is joy, harmony, balance, and integrating and implementing the things that are going to be enlivening that inner intelligence within oneself. That self being the capital S. And as the words flow through me today, and I read some of the words from what I'm going to be sharing in a blog to come, this is how we want to be opening ourselves up to grace so that we are living this sattvic life. As a monist, which is what I am, a God-centered being, somebody that believes that God-consciousness is really all there is and that we are living through this experience of what we call reality, um, with an appreciation for the dualism, for someone that lives more on a a more, quote-unquote, potential realistic subjective plane without the... With the knowledge and understanding that god consciousness is all there is with the understanding of living out a human fulfilled life um i believe that god the absolute pure essence of consciousness is the source of everything from the unmanifest to the manifest my personal mantra is if you can't see god in everything then you can't see god at all which i learned this mantra in a yoga class from one of my favorite yoga teachers and his name is Moses Love, who is based out of Florida and is a Kundalini teacher and a amazing God-centered consciousness uh, being. And he is the founder of the I Love Yoga brand and apparel. Dr. John Collins stated, and he's a professor of MIU, and also a transcendental meditation teacher in the beginning of our journey together to seek the highest first, which is what we call one of the SEI principles. Although it may be challenging to fully grasp the ocean of consciousness, as our scientific materialism friends, which are those that really focus on one minute thing and they are like a cameraman, they zoom in on one thing, but they sometimes forget to zoom out and see the wholeness of the picture. So these would be known as scientific monists, uh, materialisms, I mean. And these friends seem to be challenged by how something so abstract can deliver something tangible with its various levels of thought. To paraphrase Dr. Nader, who's an incredible uh, scientist and also one of the lead professors of the Maharishi International University, he finds this to be known as a hard problem postulate. Like the subtleness of breathing, it is the layers of our mind and consciousness that flow and how the thoughts from that level of being, remember being with a capital B, or as Maharishi Mahesh Yogi puts it, is the source of our thoughts. And before I continue, he shares this with us through the ocean analogy the source of our thoughts will determine the direction of the path of our lifestyle. And if we are stuck in what is called Pragya Aparad, or the ignorance of the intellect, and we're allowing ourselves to be guided by our self-doubt and limiting beliefs, then in that essence we are not going to progress, we are only going to regress that regression is not going to give you the ability to move into higher states of consciousness if you remain stuck there. It will give you the ability to move into higher states of consciousness when you can actually recognize where you're at right now through the ignorance of the intellect and be able to then take that into higher states by utilizing it as fuel to guide you. We all go through surface level emotion, but it's how we are translating this information that will unify the external, the internal, and the eternal. Now to continue, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, His Holiness, speaks about the ocean analogy and states that the most peaceful level of the mind is associated with the bottom of the ocean. Those familiar with yoga philosophy may recognize this analogy as similar to Yoga Sutra 1.2 through 1.4. Yoga is the stilling of the fluctuations of the mind, or literally translated as chitta, we have the chittas and we have the vritti and the chitta is the mind consciousness and the vritti are the waves or the fluctuations or the ripples on the surface level. Narodaha is to quiet the mind. And so when we hear Yoga Sutra 1.2, the Narodaha, it means in that portion of the Yoga Sutra to quiet and still the mind, coming back to stillness. Naturally, when we are still in the level of pure consciousness or one with being, remember being with a capital B, one with being, one with ourself, with a capital S, we are boundless and not controlling of anything. Similar to when we are asleep. So when you're asleep, you don't notice that everything's going on, right? It's just stuff going on when you're sleeping. You don't know if you've got something crawling on you. You don't know if somebody's, you know, rummaging around in the kitchen. You're just sleeping, you're just sleeping and you're in a higher state of consciousness. You are in the space of the subconscious levels. So to continue, this is in the back of our mind in the subtlest of vibrations that may materialize a thought and like a wave in the ocean, it will surface and then it will return back to the source, okay? We wake up and we return back to the surface level. When we're asleep, We're in the depth, we're in the deep end of the ocean, and then when we wake up, we're back to the shallow side, we're back to the surf, we're back to the sand, and we're back to walking on the beach again. As it rises, it increases in strength, and similarly, we notice a thought that emerges out of nowhere, And like a song, maybe you get that song in your head and you're like, oh my God, this song is not gonna get out of my head. What is going on? How did it get here? Where did it come from? And then as quickly as you recognize that it's there, it goes, right? And so if we decide to listen to the song, sometimes we'll sing the song, sometimes we'll find it on the radio, then we have reached a level of the intellect and sense perception. And some may even listen to the song, sing it and appreciate it and also it will ultimately go away. And it has passed and returned to the source of its unmanifest field. The ocean analogy basically is kind of like we are the drop and if you take a drop of water out of the ocean, everything that encompasses the ocean is still within the drop minus the animals. Once this drop returns back to the ocean, do you even know where the drop even ended? No, because it goes back into the same source of where it came from. And like that, so do our thoughts. The thoughts come from the same exact source of where they emerge from, and they return right back into the same space. Like that, when we're overcoming our own challenges and we're overcoming the ego mindset or we're coming into the harmonious balance of the tri, the doshic tri-doshas, the balancing and harmony, the sattvic way of life, the external, the internal and the eternal coming into one and wholeness, that is when we're understanding that we are that drop, that we have become the drop that comes from the ocean and like that, the ocean, the drop goes back into the ocean and it becomes one with all of its eternal and all of its wholeness, all of its fullness. When we allow ourselves to get stuck in the pragya apparat or stuck into the space of the ignorance of the intellect, We are causing ourselves harm if we're not able to recognize these areas of opportunity and then be able to move forward from that. Taking the time to be still gives you the opportunity to embrace the totality of your wholeness and it gives you the opportunity to also refine those levels of the totality of your wholeness. Therefore, you're able to overcome the bubbles of the unmanifest that come up to the manifest and allow them to return back with ease and appreciate how you're growing and elevating in ways you didn't know you had to. Thoughts will manifest and then disappear. These are fluctuations or bubbles of thought. These thoughts may begin in the most subtle of ways, which is considered the subtle level of feeling. And when we go through this in teacher training, we're speaking about the different levels of the intellect from the unmanifest field and the pure field. In quantum physics, we call this the unified field of consciousness. And then it emerges up towards the surface level. It's that little thought bubble that comes up. And we come to know as the experiencer. We are experiencing this in its full form. It is a level of restful awareness, less boundaries, and is at the heart level. The heart level is the heart chakra, the chakra of the emotions, and it's the, the chakra of the feelings. Maharishi Mahesh calls this the emotional level of intellect. Like the oxygen that gives us life, we don't talk to it, we receive it. We breathe it in and we feel it. There is no vocal exchange, just the unbounded love of the exchange of life. In my opinion, these are my words, It reminds me of the verse in Genesis 2.27, when God breathed life into Adam, man, to give him a soul, which is the essence of life, the maintainer of all levels of life and all processes of evolution from Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. The level of intellect is where the aha moments come from that release from the mouth or the exhale that comes from the sound level. And the sound level is that healing level of consciousness. In teacher training coming up, we're going through the, the time of sound healing, and we're going to be applying the breath pranayama with meditation, with mantra, with sound, and how powerful this transformation of healing is that will really transform the essence of our soul self, our higher state without even recognizing it back to how we're sleeping. We don't even recognize it's happening, but it's happening. That sound level, sensations of what the senses are experiencing and the physical or vocal expressions presented on the surface level. It is the most substantial or gross and offers us the gift of speaking our thoughts. And this comes from the Vishuddha Chakra. It's our gift of speaking our truth and being really present in that truth, really present in our wholeness. This is the space where we are able to experience the various levels in daily life through meditation and yoga practices. Yoga, remember, is the way that we navigate through the chakra system. We navigate the energy levels within the body we move through the koshas and the kleshas and we purify the the system or the soul. In transcendent meditation, we use this technique of self-expression and exploration to provide a map way to navigate the innermost depths of our innate being, which as TM, transcendental meditation explains, is where the essence of life and the source of all wisdom dwells. As Maharishi Mahesh Yogi has stated in his TM, uh, and there's a TM app that we use for those that do transcendental meditation. And in it, there's a talk that's known as guided by nature. It's a beautiful conversation that he has. And what he speaks about is this really powerful quote that says, unbounded journey from the finite to the infinite, which is back to the unmanifest to the manifest. Where we discover the origin of our thoughts and explore what consciousness is through the various levels of the mind and where my appreciation for the dualist theory of how our consciousness and the matter that forms the thoughts that originate as vibrations or frequencies exists in tandem that would be my friends the dualist perspective Maharishi Mahesh Yogi continues Knowledge is structured in consciousness. This is one of our SCI principles, science and uh, technology. We go over these important principles of our wellness and our way of being. And the value of consciousness is more than the value of knowledge. The value of wisdom is on the surface level. It's the states of consciousness that penetrate into the practicality of life. What's really important to understand is that less is more, which is another principle. And sometimes it's not about how much knowledge that we have in our brains, in our mindset. It's the experiences that provide those knowledgeable experiences. We're experiencing, again, the external, the internal, and the eternal. And sometimes it's not about speaking about these truths. It's about living these truths. For those who follow the theory of scientific materialism, if consciousness does not exist, Then, where does oxygen come from would be my question. How does it exist and where do your thoughts originate from and how do you express them if consciousness doesn't exist? How do you breathe and are your lungs real would be my other question. And to my understanding, relative to our ocean analogy, according to an article in the Ocean Service, in uh, nova.gov, at least half of the Earth's oxygen comes from the ocean. Did we know that? Now you know. And scientists estimate that 50 to 80% of the oxygen production on Earth comes from the ocean. The majority of this production is from oceanic plankton, drifting plants, algae, and some bacteria that can photosynthesize. The chemical reaction produced by photosynthesis in plant matter is what provides the nutrients for life on Earth. The photosynthesis in our human physiology is supported by the fresh oxygen and matter that fills our inner being, being with a capital B, and the reaction produced is the effortlessness of our human existence. To make a point on that, notice the difference for those of you that live near the ocean, and those of you that live in mountainous regions, and those of you that live in desert regions, those of you that have traveled to... Costa Rica, or have traveled to Puerto uh, Puerto Rico, have traveled to Florida, or whoever is near the ocean, there seems to be a sense of calm. And I wouldn't even just say the ocean, I would even go for any large bodies of water that you happen to be around that are producing this sense of peace, freshness, stillness, this refreshing sense of being. When you're in the mountains, when you're surrounded by large bodies of trees, you find this kind of same experience, this very beautiful grounding, even though there's so much going on, you still find this sense of groundedness, the sense of beingness, the sense of peacefulness. And peace is priceless. And we wanna always keep that and instill that within ourselves. And how do we do that? Is by really appreciating, appreciating those moments that we have the opportunity and the luxury to breathe in the freshness of this oxygen. It's in its wholeness, it's in its totality, and it's what brings and breathes life into us. In the womb, we were in a placenta and we were in water, and from that water we emerged into earth, into light, into land. And between all of these elements, it's who we are, it's what makes us up. And it's the environment in which that we were exposed to when we were born that also makes so much difference in the totality of our wholeness. And like that, when you're surrounded by large bodies of water, you're able to receive that peacefulness that surpasses all understanding. As a monist, the very existence of the duality of consciousness and matter are created by one omnipresent source, is my opinion and is what monists believe. The two live in unity. The origins of the universe begins with God. According to an excerpt from The Origins of the Universe, Earth and Life, many religious persons, including many scientists, hold that God created the universe and the various processes driving physical and biological evolution and that these processes then resulted in the creation of the galaxies, our solar system, and life on Earth. For those of you that are reading mantra books such as The Healing Mantras by Thomas Ferrand, in it, there is a really sweet Beginning to this book that says right in the first chapter, I believe it's the first chapter, the first page, the first sentence, or maybe the third paragraph down where it says, And God said, Let there be light. And when he breathed breathed that out, when he breathed that out, when he said it, that word, the vocalness of it, the sound came from. His voice, the voice came from the air that passed through the Vishuddha Chakra to create what we know as the world and light, sun. Through the experience of meditation, we may encounter a level of feeling that seems very restful at first. As the thoughts flow like subtle currents under the surface of the ocean along the sandy bottom, without any effort, a thought might rise that way, I'm sorry, without any effort to thought, the thought may arise, and that may be a little stronger, which then takes us into the level of our feeling, but is still restful, and it doesn't need more words. It's what is considered the level of the experiencer, and that may be very abstract, but it's the ascension to wrap To what we may be considered the God consciousness, or as Maharishi Mahesh Yogi mentions in his book, the science of being an art of living is actually a way of embodying this experience through the practice of TM, transcendental meditation. I like to call this opening to grace, or one with being. To sit with the self and experience the self, or what I like to call my inner being. This is the space of where you have the opportunity to grow into your wholeness to sit with that, it doesn't matter what's going on in your life because we all have stuff going on in our life. Stuff happens and sometimes it's great, sometimes it sucks, sometimes it's pleasant, sometimes it's not. And depending on how we respond versus how we react is going to really determine the outlook and the outcome of where we're at. If we're being stuck in those cycles of the downward spirals of thought, we will not amount to any type of achievement if we're achieving the same cycle and the same problem over and over again. The ocean has many, many, many waves, not just one wave. And those waves will always go either to the surface or to the shore, or they may not make it to the shore. And that's fine. Either way, the ocean is just as beautiful on the surface level as it is underneath. And like that, so are you. You are just as beautiful. You are just as incredible. You are just as powerful as any ocean. And beneath the surface, although there may be many, many different currents going on, keep going deeper and deeper into the essence of your being. And you will find the true essence of your totality right there in its pure unified field of consciousness. You are able to overcome these things. You're stronger than you realize. You're more powerful than you think. You're allowing yourself to be human, but allow yourself to be spirit and be led by your spirit because you have that within you. You are able to manifest so much more and be a master manifester when you allow yourself to be open to grace. In conclusion, Following the words of Maharishi Mahesh Yogi from the TM app that he presented, the range of life, which is a beautiful conversation he speaks to us about, the basis of wisdom is consciousness, because that is being. Omnipresent of life, all permeating, all pervading, and on that level, one can be all wise. Love is God-consciousness. The maintainer of all levels of life and all processes of evolution namaste y'all this word means as i have mentioned in past writings i honor the light or divine within you honoring the light and divine within you that is what namaste means you are the light light is the vibrational frequency of how matter originated and that is connected to the source of all being, remember being with a capital B, and that very being is the light of divine consciousness that lives in you. What I value so much about consciousness is that it takes us from the temporal plane down to the root chakra of it all, that pure oneness of being, where we are planting the seeds of knowledge from a space of curiosity like that of a child. In a way, This temporal plane is the journey of our introspective personal discovery of our dharma and karma to include future relationship to the being that dwells within, a path by which to find the kingdom within himself, which Christ and every great prophet knew and described. And that's a quote from Charles F. Lutz. Science of being and art of living, one cannot be bound by the unbounded. So please know that you are so much stronger. If you allow yourself to be a bird in a cage with the gate wide open, you're missing out on going through that gate and allowing yourself the freedom to be truly, truly abundant and truly pure to yourself. Take that time for you. That's the most important thing. I too am guilty of this. All day working, working on everything, so much to do, never enough time. Everything is coming down on you. But when is the last time you took care of you? How can you take care of yourself or take care of others when you can't even take care of yourself? And this is something that we tend to avoid and this comes back to the Abhinavisha. And so when we come to the aversions in the Abhinavisha, the Devisha, Rajas, we allow ourselves this cycle of continuing or to not move forward. So remember, in order to progress, In order to connect the three, the external, the internal, and the eternal, we need to be able to give ourselves the opportunity to really receive each of them in their totality and in their wholeness and in their fullness. Take this time for you. Even though we're focusing on a month of mental health, this has been going on for quite some time, well before mental health month came along. This has been going on since before COVID. COVID came and it was the biggest ripple, the biggest pebble thrown into the lake, creating some of the most incredible ripples we've ever seen, turning into waves on the ocean, turning into tsunamis, turning into so much more. And with that, the juxtaposition of so many other things, we're at war, we're at um, divisionals, we're at civil wars, we're at levels that are beyond our own understanding And this is all compounded within each of our being. Each of us are experiencing this on different levels of understanding. Each of us are experiencing this in different levels of our own physiological makeup. And how we are processing it is affecting the way that we receive information, how we're receiving or digesting this, processing it from what we see here and all of the senses. And this is important for you to understand because this is what also makes up the well-being of our mental health and the states that we're in. If we're unable to receive this information in peace and allow ourselves the time to process it, we will remain stuck in the what ifs and the shoulds and the coulds and the woulds instead of the what can we do, what can I do. And this is an area where you need to take some time to focus on what are the small things you can do to make a big difference in your life. So I leave you with that, my friends. Thank you so much for joining today, watching the replay, listening on on the podcast. You can download the podcast on our website, jbyfnola.org. You can also get our free resource library where we have plenty of classes and meditations and even an introduction to Ayurveda. And that's for all of you free. It's a gift from Jai Bhakti Yoga to you. Everything is here for you so that you can enhance the well-being of yourself and those that you love. There's a beautiful uh, seven day free trial to our membership program where there's unlimited classes. You can also go to our YouTube channel and subscribe there and have a daily class every single day. And so much more for you. Uh, There's so much more to share with you all. So join our mailing list if you wish and I send out some insights and information Um, every two every other week or once a week I send out some information about what's going on and most importantly join us for one of our retreats and it's nothing like being really surrounded by so much of the presence of each other and uh, being able to be together I get to spend time with you and get to know you get to be with you get to talk with you get to be your friend and um really just enjoy the presence of one another and we're going to India in October and I would love for you all to join please do if you can we can only take 12 people and I would love for you all especially if those of you that have siblings that would like to share this experience with them as we'll be there for the Diwali festival and it would be a lovely time to take this opportunity to really tune in to the highest sense of ourself and so with that so much love And I hope to see you soon. Hope that you become one of our members for our 200 members strong campaign. And um, I love you. So thank you. Namaste and be well. Thank you all so much for participating in today's wonderful podcast. As always, it's such a joy and an honor to share in the space with all of you and hold the space together as a collective. I invite you to support my life's work on Teachable. For those of you that would like continuing education units, Teachable will be the go-to for your membership. I'm looking forward to growing together and meeting you all. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram and introduce yourself. I would love to follow you back and subscribe to our YouTube channel for free classes that are posted weekly. Looking forward to our next chat together and I'll see you online, in person, in an immersion or on this podcast. See you soon. From my heart to yours, much love and namaste.